This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Hey everybody, welcome to the Wednesday night service. We've got an exciting night tonight. We're going to get into some worship in just a minute. And we're going to be on part four of our end time series. Tonight we're discussing the rapture of the church. This is one of my favorite topics ever because it's something I've looked forward to my entire life. So stick around, go ahead and tag somebody on your Facebook or invite somebody to tune in on YouTube. And let's take advantage of this time together to learn the good news of the gospel and prepare for the future. Let's get into some worship. Let's all worship the Lord together.
right, everybody, we're going to go ahead and get into the word of God tonight. As we said, this is going to be part four of our end time series. And tonight we're going to be looking at the rapture of the church. So just to review a little bit over the past three weeks, we've been looking at some signs of the times. We've looked at a whole bunch of end times prophecies that have already been fulfilled or are currently being fulfilled. And we've looked at what Jesus said on the Mount of Olives in Matthew 24. And and we've looked at uh, things Paul said, that Daniel said, that Joel said, that John said in the book of Revelation. And we've seen so many different key signs to the end times that it's been incredible. We've gotten a lot of great feedback and uh, it's just it's been a great Bible study for real. So tonight we're going to be on part four, the rapture of the church. And this is probably where we're finally reaching an area where some people, for whatever reason, consider this to be a controversial teaching, which is surprising to me because I've heard this my entire life. And as we'll very, very plainly see, the Bible definitely teaches us this topic. And um, and so there seems to be a lot of confusion about it, really. There's a lot of people that uh, think that it that. This is going to happen after the Great Tribulation. A lot of people think it's going to happen before the Great Tribulation. Then you've got a crowd that thinks it's going to happen midway through the Tribulation. And it's it's funny. It's kind of something we joke about a lot of times uh, in, in this sense that there's so many Christians that love to debate this one particular topic. Are you pre-tribulation or post-tribulation? And it's, it's, it's just, it's insane the arguments I've seen over this, but I personally believe in a pre-tribulation rapture, and that's something we can probably outline in the coming weeks, but uh, I see very clearly where Jesus raptures the church before all hell breaks loose on this earth. And if you don't agree with me, that's fine. I don't mind waiting until we get to heaven for God to tell you how right I was. I'm kidding, but it's 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 definitely a fun topic to study. And so uh, if you agree or don't agree, the main thing is, is that you believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God, that he died and rose again, that he's your savior and that he is going to come get us someday. OK, but I uh, I want to get into this tonight. It's going to be a fun study, an exciting study, because I have waited my entire 34 years for this. And I know that you've been waiting a long time, too. And it's going to be a great, great time. So let's pray that we're going to get into the word tonight and study what we call the rapture. Father, in Jesus name, we thank you, Lord, so much for your word that you've given us the instructions for living our lives right here in this world. And Lord, we know that you are coming back to get us. And Lord, we believe that that day is getting closer and closer and closer. And so I pray tonight that as we open our Bibles, as we study the word and open our hearts and our minds to you, that you're going to speak right to us. Lord, you know what each of us may be going through at this moment, and we know that you you are the answer. So I pray that as the word comes forth tonight, you would administer peace and joy to those listening and tell us what we need to hear. And I pray we learn tonight in Jesus name. Amen. So a few things tonight. 
kind of the first question is, what is the rapture? Because we probably take it for granted that not everybody has actually heard that word or doesn't even really know what it means. If you've been raised in church like I have, then you've probably heard the word your entire life. But there's definitely a segment that hasn't heard this word. Or maybe if you're brand new to the Christian family, you don't know what this word is. Maybe you've heard it, haven't heard it, don't really know what that's all about. So the rapture is the phrase we use for when Jesus comes back to the earth and takes us to heaven with him. Now, the angel said that whenever Jesus ascended to heaven, the angel said, hey, he's going to come back someday the same way you saw him go. And so that's one key for me that says, OK, if he we saw him go into the sky when he left and the angel said he's coming back that way. Well, I believe we're going to see Jesus coming on the clouds with great glory. And we'll look at that verse here in a little bit. But there's definitely some people that don't believe that the rapture will ever actually even happen. Uh, and we're going to see that the Bible definitely says it will happen. So there, again, there's this tug of war on this issue, but I firmly believe that we're going to see the rapture uh, happen. And again, uh, the Bible in the next week, we're going to kind of look at what's called the Great Tribulation, a seven year period of all hell and evil and horror being released on the earth. And my belief is that Jesus is going to take us Christians out of here before that happens. Now, some people say, well, you know, you guys just believe that because you're too afraid to stand up to what's going on. And it's not a fear thing. I just believe the Bible shows us that God always removes the righteous before the big time judgment upon the entire earth comes. Just like he uh, saved Noah and his family before the flood came. I believe that God's going to save the people that are truly following him before the, the great tribulation comes. You know, a few years ago, I saw this completely bogus article from the Huffington Post, which, you know, is a great news organization to read after if you're a Christian. Kidding. But they read this. They, they posted this article about how the rapture was something that Christians just made up within the last 200 years that. Throughout all of church history, no one's even mentioned this concept. And so I went to study and man, I found tons of references throughout church history to the rapture, including the famous Matthew Henry, who wrote the Matthew Henry's commentary to the Bible, one of the most respected theological commentaries of all time. He was writing about the rapture in the 1600s. So don't tell me that this is something the American church made up in the past 200 years because we're sissies and we don't want to take, you know, the, the judgment that's coming on the world. This is something that the church has been talking about and the Bible has been talking about for a really long time. Now, one thing that we hear people throw out there is this. So you believe in the rapture, huh? Well, the word rapture is not even in the Bible. And you know what I have to say to that is, yeah, you're absolutely right. You are not going to find the word rapture in the Bible. But you know what other word you won't find in the Bible? The word Bible. That's not in the Bible, but I still believe it exists. I still believe it's a real thing just because that specific word isn't in there. The Bible's real and the rapture is a real thing that is going to happen. So the word rapture comes from the Latin word rapturo, which in turn comes from a translation of the Greek verb meaning caught up. 
And we find that verb in 1 Thessalonians 4.17. So that's going to be the first place we look at tonight. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And again, this is from the, the word rapture that we use in English comes from a Latin word rapturo. But they took that from the Greek verb that meant caught up, caught away. And this is the exact word that Paul used in 1 Thessalonians 4.17. And we're going to look at a couple of verses here. We're going to actually be looking at verses 16 and 17. And First uh, and Second Thessalonians discussed the rapture quite a bit because Paul was trying to teach this uh, to the church at Thessalonica. So First Thessalonians four, verses sixteen and seventeen, Paul said this: For the Lord Himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. First, the Christians who have died will rise from their graves. Then, together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. And right there, I mean, that's exactly what we're talking about. We're going to hear the trumpet of God. We're going to see Jesus in the clouds. And it tells us that the dead in Christ will rise first. Those that have that have already died, their spirits have been in heaven, but their bodies in the grave. It says that it tells us in first first Corinthians that spirit and body shall be united again at the coming of the Lord. And so this is going to be I mean, I can't even fully picture what this is going to be like, but it straight tells us that those that have already died, their bodies will rise from the grave. There's going to be a resurrection of the dead, as the scriptures tell us, and the Spirit and body will be united again at the coming of the Lord. And, of course, those of us that are alive and remain on the earth, we will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And this is, an I mean, it's nearly mind-blowing to think about what this event will be like because none of us know the true number of how many people are legit born-again Christians. I, I'm, it's sad to say, and I take no pleasure in saying that there's a lot of people that claim the title of Christian, but Jesus said you can judge a tree by its fruit. And there's a lot of people that may say they're a Christian, but they do not bear the fruit of being a Christian. So that's not a statement of judgment or condemnation on my part or your part to say, well, this guy says he's a Christian, but he doesn't do anything Christian at all. He's he fights and 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 is abusive to people and cheats people and and is unfaithful to his wife. But he says he's a Christian. I mean, I'm sorry to live in that sort of lifestyle. It's not a stretch to say that that's the type of person that will not go in the rapture. So what I'm saying is this. We don't know how many people will go in the rapture, but we do know everybody that's a committed, born-again Christian living for Jesus will go. So that number could be in the hundreds of millions, a billion. I have no idea. But a very large percentage of Earth's population is going to vanish all at once. And, you know, we've seen these movies left behind. We've got the older ones with Kirk Cameron. And those are, those are pretty cool movies. And even the newer one a few five or six years ago. Uh, and uh, that was a that was a pretty good movie. Um, and and you see people just disappear instantly and their clothes are laying there. Well, I don't know if, you know, if that's going to happen or not. But but I do believe there are going to be a lot of people suddenly missing that have disappeared from the earth. And when that happens, 
the earth is going to be in complete turmoil and panic. And one reason is going to be the people that actually had Jesus living on the inside of them, the people that had the spirit of God, they're going to be gone. We right now being on this earth are a force of restraint. We provide some sort of moral compass and stability and uh, and and the spirit of God in this earth. When that's taken away, when the restraining force is taken away, all evil, all hell will break loose on this earth. And it's going to be a time of absolute horror. But again, I don't believe that the true born again Christians are going to be here for that. So. Again, those that say, well, this rapture thing, something new you guys made up in America the last couple hundred years. Well, first of all, that's not true because we have tons of church writing on that over hundreds of years, including the famous Matthew Henry. But what about the Apostle Paul writing about it? The church of Thessalonica and uh, the book of first Thessalonians here was written around 51 A.D. So that's that's a pretty long time that Christians have been speaking of the rapture. And this is the Apostle Paul himself talking about it way, way back then. So kind of a very easy outline of the rapture taking place. And we'll look at a little bit here in Matthew in just a second. But first of all, Jesus is seen in the sky by all the Christians. We'll see him coming and then we'll hear the trumpet of God, which is going to be an incredible sound. I mean, again, I try to imagine what these things are going to be like, but the best I can do is imagine. I really have no idea how awesome it is going to be. And then another thing is Christians that have already died will be raised from their graves and their spirit and body be united again. And of course, people always ask, well, what if somebody was cremated? And that's that's, you know, a fair enough question to ask. But I believe that God can reassemble a body that's been cremated just like he could, you know, uh, somebody that died. And I mean, if they've been dead hundreds of years, they're just ashes anyway. So I don't have a problem with somebody being cremated. But, you know, again, that's another fun topic that Christians just enjoy debating for some bizarre reason. But I believe God can figure that one out. I don't believe that that's the one thing that's beyond him. So anyway, and then uh, another the fourth piece to my little rapture outline is the rest of us who are still alive will meet Jesus in the air. OK, and so it's that's not a, a super complicated thing to, to to get together there. But let's look at another uh, area. The rapture is mentioned in Matthew chapter 24. So this we just saw what Paul said about it. And he does have other things to say about it. But Matthew 24, here's what Jesus himself said. So if you don't want to take uh, Paul's word for it, what, let's see what Jesus Christ had to say about it. He seems to know a lot of what he's talking about. So Matthew chapter 24. And it's been incredible again as we've studied the the signs of the times, the prophecies being fulfilled, how just amazingly accurate Jesus has been and everything that he's predicted and said would happen. He's just nailed it on the head. Matthew 24. And we're going to look at verses 30 through 31. And here's what Jesus said. He said, and then at last, the sign that the son of man is coming will appear in the heavens and there will be deep mourning among all the peoples of the earth. And so, yeah, for some people, this is going to be a sad time. But for us, it's going to be a good time because it says, and they will see the son of man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. That lines up with what Paul said. And he will send out his angels with the mighty blast of a trumpet. 
and they will gather his chosen ones from all over the world, from the farthest ends of the earth and heaven. And so again, that all lines up with what Paul said in First Thessalonians right there. And notice it says he will gather his chosen ones from all the ends of the earth. Well, those that are living a born again Christian life committed to Jesus, you're one of his chosen ones right there. He chose you and you chose to make the quality decision to give your life to Jesus and stick with him. Now, let's look here again at another thing that Paul wrote. First Corinthians 15, 51 through 52. And as we're as we're just studying this stuff, brother, it's a good time to be right with God. It is a golden time, the most key time in history to be connected to Jesus, to not be wandering off, to not be, you know, uh, playing hide and seek with Jesus. This is the time to stick close to him. Because we don't know when this is going to happen, but all signs point to that it's happening sooner rather than later. So 1 Corinthians 15, verses 51 through 52, it says, But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. And so there is people on this earth that they're not going to experience physical death because they'll go in the rapture. And I mean, that very, very well could be a lot of us right here that we're just we're not going to die. We're just going to go in the rapture. But verse 52 says it will happen in a moment in the blink of an eye when the last trumpet is blown. There it is, the trumpet again. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And we who are living will also be transformed. And so notice it tells us the rapture. It's going to be a quick thing. It's going to happen in the blink of an eye. And next thing you know, we are out of here. And the dead in Christ have risen. We've heard the trumpet and we are on our way to heaven. It's going to be, again, the blink of an eye. And we're out of here. But I believe God has a way of making it. It's the blink of the natural eye. But in God's time zone, we're going to get to enjoy this moment for what it is. So kind of my second phase of the teaching tonight is this. The first thing I was explaining the rapture is point two. There are the second phases. I want to talk about a few cool things about the rapture. And again, this is a super deep study to, or topic to tackle that we're trying to do this in about a half an hour or less. So I want to mention a few things that are really cool about the rapture that maybe you haven't thought of. The first is this, is that you're going to get a new body and not just a body like you have right now, but we're going to get what the scripture calls a glorified body. And we're right here in first Corinthians 15. Let's look at the next few verses. Verse 53. So after we've been raptured and transformed, it says for our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then, when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? And if you've learned that in the King James like I have, it's, O death, where is your sting? O grave, where is your victory? And so it tells us right there that we're going to get transformed bodies. And oftentimes, many translations we'll hear it referred to as our glorified bodies. Now, all of our natural mortal bodies 
have an expiration date. From the moment you're born, the clock's ticking, right? And you're just getting older by the minute. And there's eventually, you know, Scripture tells us that it's been appointed unto all of us. Uh, it's a time to die. So we're all of our bodies are headed towards a time of death. And that's, you know, for some people that's super scary, but that's really not scary because, you know, your spirit either way is going to live forever. And then some of us will just simply be raptured in the rapture and not face physical death anyway. But it talks to us about these glorified bodies and these glorified bodies, they don't age and they don't die, you're going to look the exact same for all of eternity. And I've heard some people that have had visions and things of heaven and got to experience that, which I very much believe that has happened to some people, uh, that most people look in heaven like however they would look in the prime of their life. So, you know, uh, whatever you are is maybe a young adult or something. That, you know, that, I'm not reading this out of Scripture. It's just things that I've heard people say. So take this for what it's worth if you don't want to take it that's totally fine with me i'm not going to argue about it but i i do believe that people will look in heaven about like they do in the prime of their life probably as a young adult and that's something to think about and we notice that when jesus came back from the resurrection he had a glorified body and he was doing things like just walking through walls and stuff i was i was just reading this last week around the resurrection sunday of jesus disciples in, in the book of luke uh they were having dinner and jesus just walks appears out of nowhere and scares everybody and i'm kind of looking forward to maybe being able to do that but still uh the Glorified bodies are going to be a lot different than these bodies that we are so restricted in right now. And that's something we could talk about forever, man. Maybe if you've been wanting to be a baller and, and be good at, at basketball, maybe this is your chance. Some of you short guys, you could be like Michael Jordan or something. We don't know. But let's just it's, it's fun to imagine anyway. Right. So we get new bodies. And another cool thing is and this is one of the best. You get to see Jesus face to face. And as I think about this, you know, I, I know we're going to stand before him and and I just I picture us looking back over all the moments of life, maybe those low moments, maybe those high moments, maybe those moments where you don't know how you made it, but you know, it was Jesus. And I believe we're going to get a, some time individually to be with Jesus, to just look in his eyes, maybe shed a few tears, maybe have some laughs and just hug him. And and thank him for bringing us through it all. That's going to be the most beautiful moment ever to see Jesus face to face. Our faith will finally be turned to sight on this earth. We have to walk by faith, not by sight. Well, in heaven, we get to have both. We get to finally see what it is we've been believing all these years. And it's going to be the most beautiful moment that we can ever even imagine to see Jesus face to face and look into his eyes. Man, that's going to be there's no way you can talk me out of this. That's going to be the best thing ever. Another cool thing about the rapture is there's going to be a huge party when we get to heaven. And, you know, I know some of you may have a, a background of going to parties and things like that. And, you know, hey, whatever. But this is going to be a legit, the most epic thing ever. Uh, a, a party with Jesus, a party with no regrets, no doing anything. This is going to be beautiful. And the scripture refers to it as the marriage supper of the Lamb. The marriage supper of the Lamb. And so this is in Revelation 19. We're going to look at that. Revelation 19. Verses 6 through 10, 
And, uh, and, and so the, the scripture refers to us in several places, the church overall is being the bride of Christ. And so us as Christians, part of the family of God, the church of God, we are the bride of Christ. And we're going to get to heaven and there's going to be a great big marriage party, the marriage supper of the Lamb. And one thing that out of everything we're studying, you have to no doubt realize that uh, Jesus, man, he was, he's Jewish. And if you know anything about a Jewish wedding, I mean, these celebrations can go on for days at a time. And so Jesus, well, he's, it's going to be the marriage supper of the Lamb. It's going to be legit. No cutting any corners. This is huge. But Revelation 19 Verses 6 through 10 says, Then I heard again what sounded like the shout of a vast crowd or the roar of mighty ocean waves or the crash of loud thunder. Praise the Lord for the Lord our God, the almighty reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and let us give honor to him for the time has come for the wedding feast of the lamb and his bride has prepared herself. Well, man, I am prepared and I know so many of you are. We are ready for this. You don't have to tell us twice. We will be there. We will be on time. She has been given the finest of pure white linen to wear for the fine linen represents the good deeds of God's holy people. And the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the lamb. And he added, these are true words that come from God. And so this celebration, I don't have any idea how long this is going to last, but this is going to be a feast, a celebration. And man, it's going to be awesome to be up there praising God, worshiping Jesus, bowing down, celebrating, feasting. It's going to be absolutely awesome. I don't want to miss that. And I don't want you to miss that. So that's kind of bringing me into the third thing tonight. And that's this. When we're talking about the rapture, be ready. You've got to be ready because it tells us, first of all, not everybody's going in the rapture. You don't just you, you don't you, you, you can't be mocking God, scoffing God, being two faced to him, being in and out, lukewarm, half baked, net unreliable, unfaithful and totally expect. Listen, we have got to be ready. And that's why we've read so many times what Jesus said on the Mount of Olives when he said, you don't know the exact day or the hour, but you can know when the season is. And Jesus said, I'm going to tell you what I tell everybody. Be ready. Don't let that moment catch you unprepared. And so I've often thought about what is it that I'm going to be doing when I hear that trumpet? I don't want to be doing something that is shameful, that I'm going to regret. I don't want to be doing something where I got to say, oh, Jesus, not right now. Give me give me five more minutes. Come tomorrow. Anytime. But right now we want to be ready. And so think about that. What is it you're going to be doing when you hear that trumpet? I mean, are we going to be reading our Bible? We're going to be at church. We're going to be at work being a good witness. Or are we going to be out doing something that's pretty unfaithful to Jesus, pretty backstabbing to Jesus? What are you going to be doing when he actually shows up? And uh, we know not everybody, again, not everybody's going, but I believe a whole lot of people are. Those that are truly living for Jesus are. There's... There's nothing to be scared of if you're actually living your life for Jesus. There's people that have maybe never accepted Jesus at all. 
and we need to get the word to them. But then there's people that have accepted Jesus, but totally walked away. Well, I want to show you one more thing here in Matthew 24. Matthew 24, Jesus gives kind of a good analogy of what it could be like for some people. Matthew 24, verses 40 through 42. And I'm telling you what, you can't go wrong staying close to this right here, the word of God. You, you're not going to go wrong if you're making this your priority in life. Matthew 24, verse 40, Jesus says it this way. Two men will be working together in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding flour at the mill. One will be taken, the other left. And so it's going to be that real. You could be at work and, and you're gone. But the guy beside you isn't. You, you know, you could be hanging out with your friends and you're gone and they're left behind. Verse 42, Jesus says, so you too must keep watch for you don't know what day your Lord is coming. And that's why I'm saying be ready. We don't know the day. We can kind of know the season and all signs are pointing to this is that season. But are you going to be the guy that's left while your friend's gone? We don't want that. I want everybody to go. I know that not everybody's going, but I want everybody to go. And it tells us right here to be ready. And so I'm going to close this out tonight with uh, a prayer to make sure that you are ready. Maybe you're watching and I, I will do this every single time. And uh, maybe you've never really given your heart to Jesus or maybe you're somebody that has, but you kind of walked away. We know he didn't leave you, but maybe you left him. We're not here to judge you or condemn you. We're here to restore you and bring you back into right relationship with Jesus and to make sure that you're ready when this very real event called the rapture takes place. So I'm going to pray. I want you to pray it with me and I don't want you to just repeat. I'm not into the repeat these words and then go on as you were. I'm into people's lives getting changed. Pray this with me and really mean it. And then we'll help you from there. But let's pray together. Say this father in Jesus name. I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe that he died and that he rose again. And now I believe that he's coming back. Jesus, forgive me for anything wrong I've done. Give me the strength to live for you. Cleanse me. Make me clean. I promise to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, two important things. First of all, if this is your moment, I want you to reach out, get a hold of us so we can help you along your path now. The second thing is you need to tell somebody. You know, people these days say, well, faith is a private matter. That's a bunch of baloney. Faith is not a private matter. Jesus said, if you deny me before men, I'll straight up deny you before my Father in heaven. But if you acknowledge me, before man, I'll acknowledge you before the Father in heaven. So let somebody know what you did and let us know so we can help you get on the right path. Amen. We love you guys. Thank you. We're going to continue in the coming weeks studying the next events in the end times. Love you guys. All right, everybody, we're going to do our Wednesday night tithes and offerings. And once again, I'm going to say it. 
thank you to everybody that's been so faithful with your tithes and offerings. Again, we've, you know, hearing so many places and people across the country struggling right now. And, and we take that serious. We're praying for people and churches and businesses that they make it through all this in the name of Jesus. And I got to say that High Desert Word Center family has been absolutely incredible uh, being faithful in their tithes and offerings. We haven't missed a beat and all glory goes to God and a big thanks to you guys. And again, we're praying that as you're faithful, God's being faithful to you and you're making it through this totally unfazed economically. A verse here tonight for our offering is Galatians 6 and verse 7. And it says this to us, Galatians 6, 7, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. In other words, you will always reap what you sow. And so it says you can't mock the justice of God. Well, this applies to every area of your life. You reap what you sow. So it also has to apply to the area of our finances. And so when God said in Malachi 3 that he would rebuke the devil from coming in and ransacking your life, if you're a tither, he'll rebuke the devil, the devourer from coming in and destroying the, the fruit of your labors. You can't mock the justice of God. He will keep his end of the deal. He will keep his end of this if we're faithful in our end. And notice it says you always harvest what you plant. You always reap what you sow. And so if you've been sowing seed, if you've been planting seeds right now, you're going to reap that harvest. And then if you go down a few verses, it tells us to not grow weary and well-doing. For in due season, you will reap if you faint not. And so maybe that seed's been under the ground for a little bit. Don't give up. Don't get discouraged. There's great things happening beneath the surface that maybe you can't see yet. But that harvest is getting ready to shoot up. And it's coming back to you. Amen. So let's say our financial faith confession and all the ways to give should be on your screen there. The best way right now is online. But you church members know there's other ways to get in here. You can mail it or, or bring it by and we'll take care of that. And we are believing God for a blessing on your finances. Amen. Let's say these words together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You are blessed. All right, everybody, we are closing out the Wednesday night service. Remember to like on Facebook, follow on Instagram, subscribe on YouTube, and stay connected. If you're interested in a Zoom lift group, get a hold of us. We'll hook you up with one, and you can fellowship and study the Bible with your church family. Let's close out with the Barstow Faith Confession and speak some words of faith over the city that we love, Barstow, California. Let's do this. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. 
Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll see you guys Sunday. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.